Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the latest Outsports podcast. Uh, more technical difficulties, Sid. I try to call the call-in number and they've changed the number and so I literally had to write the number down and call back in. So uh, make a note the next time you do this. There's a different number for the host to call in. So for some reason, always I, always with just, this thing. I, I don't even know the number, so I just go to the website every time anyway. So No, but the website has the old number. That's the problem. Well, there's a new number? Oh, who knows? It's a new number. Oh, yeah, now yeah. it says to, <laughs> we have changed the number. <laughs> Grab a pencil to write down the new number. Uh, anyway, so call it a few Welcome minutes ahead of time next time to get the new number. So, I will. There's always adventures with this podcast, which makes it the most interesting part of the show, how Sid and I <laughs> struggle to get on this thing. But it is, um, God, it's almost mid-July. Uh, NFL training camps start in about two weeks. College football camps start up. And in seven weeks, pretty much from tonight, we're going to see the first game of the college football season. And we had a, a big story today that we kind of jump right into. Uh, it was on ESPN, a, a offensive lineman for Kansas State named Scott France uh, came out publicly as gay. Scott's a sophomore, and the background of the story is he – they had a team bonding exercise last year, and one of the exercises was to share something basically intimate, personal about yourself. And Scott told 110 other members of the Wildcat football team that he was gay. And apparently, from what he said, it was universal acceptance and love. And you know, it was it was a totally you know positive story. And so he was on ESPN this morning on Sports Center and kind of told about that and. To me, it's another reflection of how, you know, we're, we're seeing things change. There are going to be five openly gay players in college football, two in what are called the major FBS Power Five conferences. We're going to have Scott and we're going to have Mike King Johnson with uh, a defensive lineman freshman from University of Arizona who was highly recruited. And someone said on our Facebook page was poo-pooing that there's only five, but it was zero last year. So um, what were your first thoughts about the uh, Scott France story from like kind of what it says and what it means about the state of play today? Well, but the state of play, well, I'll tell you what my my first reaction was when I was, I went immediately to NFLDraftScout.com and I went to his resume. I want to know who is he? Is he some third string offensive tackle you know what year is he and you know you find out he's going to be a sophomore this year and as a freshman he started all 13 games for the wildcats last year and uh, he was named by several organizations to the all bowl team that is who who performed really well in bowl games and he went up against miles garrett and really did a fantastic job um in in the texas bowl last year and 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 you see all these things, and I and I see you know NFLDraftScout.com lists him as the number six offensive tackle in his class, and you start to wonder. I, I immediately went to the to the the big picture. Is this a is this a college football player or is this a possible NFL player? And I mean, you know, he's been playing for one year in college, but after that one year, 
he, this is a potential NFL player. So that, that the the first place that I went wasn't really college. It was I went right to the NFL because that's I mean. Yes, we don't have many in in college, but the NFL is kind of like the crown jewel, and and this 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 kid could be headed there. Well, an offensive lineman, it is one of the hardest positions for a team to fill. It's the most anonymous position uh, if you're a fan, because you really only notice these guys if they give up a bunch of sacks. But most important thing, I think, on a, on, a, on an offense is an offensive line. I mean, if Tom Brady or Peyton Manning had lousy offensive lines, they wouldn't be the quarterbacks they are. And um, So if Scott is a really good offensive lineman, he's going to have a place in the NFL because they're at a premium, and he has at least two more seasons to prove himself. But no, that's interesting, and that brings up the whole idea that we've heard for years people we have talked to and known in this field who say that the first, say, openly gay NFL player might be someone who does it organically, who is out in college, um, and by the time they get to the pros, it's not as big of a deal. <clears throat> well, Mike King Johnson, just starting out at Arizona, we don't, we don't know how good he is, but he was very good in high school, and so we have two young college football players that maybe three years from now we'll be talking about them heading the NFL draft, and you would think by then there's the fact that they're gay, everybody's going to know. There's not going to be a dramatic kind of announcement ahead of time, and maybe this is what we'll, how we'll finally break that barrier. Yeah, for our listeners, how the NFL draft works is you have to, and, and Jim, you can correct me if I'm wrong, you have to have been in college for two years or be of a certain age. Is that right? Is it correct. two years? Yes. Yeah. So at the end of this season – uh, he'll be eligible to enter the NFL draft. Now, you have to declare yourself eligible um, if you're an underclassman. A team isn't, can't just draft you. Uh, so, you know, the chances of him declaring himself after his sophomore year are essentially zero. I mean, it, it very, very, very rarely happens. But uh, in two years after his junior year, that uh, an offensive tackle leaving after his junior year absolutely could happen. And certainly by 2020, he'll be a, a senior as long as there are a red shirt issue or injuries and he'd be eligible in 2020. So it's, it's, it's still three years off and Mike King Johnson wouldn't be eligible for a couple of years as well. But, you know, I don't know who's going to come out between now and then. I, I mean, I have to believe there will be more college football players. They might be upperclassmen. There might be NFL players. But, you know, I, there's a very good chance that in three years we could see another gay college football player drafted. Yeah, and even if that doesn't happen, these are, there are many, many times more guys who play college football who never make the pros, obviously. But – this used to be an area that it was like nobody. Nobody at any level would talk, or they would talk a few years after they retired. <clears throat> We've had in a space of six months, five players come forward. We did uh, profiles of three of them at uh, smaller division schools. Uh, Mike King Johnson was the Arizona Daily Star and ESPN with um, Scott France. So to me, that's that's a really good sign, and, and maybe this – and then the acceptance also that these people have had – I think it kind of, you know, kind of helps dispel this myth, this idea that oh, football would be the worst for people because everyone assumes it's so naturally homophobic. And I mean, Scott France plays in Kansas State. He's from Kansas. It's it's one of probably the reddest of the red states, and he has a coach who's Bill Snyder, who really is old school. I mean, Bill's in his 70s, and 
if you had to tell me a coach that I would have thought might potentially have problems simply based on how old he is, I was, oh, maybe Bill Snyder. But Bill Snyder was fantastic with this. And he was excited that Scott wants to help other people struggling with the same thing. That was the thing he said today on some uh, – I saw somewhere that, that that was the thing that excited him most, that Scott wants to make a difference. So when you get a guy in his 70s who's been around forever saying those kind of things, it shows that I mean, some of the – a lot of the myths we have about sports, I think, get demolished by this. And people still point to the nobody out there, but, you know – but. When these acceptance are like, well, how do you how do you justify this or trying to square this idea that there's all this prejudice when you have a kid in Kansas coming out and everyone says, wow, we love you. As Ryan O'Callaghan and I talked about this a, a little while back, and and I I told him that a football place is one of the places you're going to find the most acceptance because people there are used to diversity. They're used to playing with black and um, and white and Pacific Islander players, they're used to playing with people of different religions, people who are fat, people who are skinny, people who are tall, people who are short, people with all kinds of different uh, different political beliefs. And so on any football team, even in a lot, most high schools, certainly by college, I mean, in college, Division One college, you are playing with every kind of person. And that kind of desensitizes you to this idea that well somebody's different so that's bad. It, it, I mean, I mean, it. it <laughs> I said that backwards. Anyhow, it kind of it yeah. makes you realize that uh, yeah, okay, well, just because this person's different doesn't mean they're bad or wrong. So, I, I, I we, you and I have said for years that people have it backwards in, in football, and over 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 again. The gay guys who come out of football experience that. And then when we talk to straight football players, they say the same thing. And at some point, people have to open their eyes and realize, oh, well, football isn't a homophobic place. It's not what I thought it was. And luckily, you know, the guys like France are, uh, are, uh, are showing that. Well, and at some level, too, you have um... – it might be easier it's, for some people with a team sport because you're one of many, whereas in an individual sport, you know, at least at least a major sport, individual sport, you might you might feel more isolated and not not have the same team thing. But there's that whole dynamic of family and brotherhood on a team, and people tend to appreciate the honesty. <clears throat> and again, we'll give all the caveats. Yes, it's still hard for certain people. There are still programs and coaches and people who are not going to be fine with it, but. Probably not maybe 100% fine on Kansas State. Maybe the people who had issues just kept their mouth shut. I mean, Luke McAvoy, who played – I was a lineman at the University of Minnesota, another Power 5 school. So there were a couple people on the team when he came out that were not kind of wild about it, but they basically kept their mouth shut, and he ignored them. You have a you have a team of 110 players who kind of have some – you know, they're practice players in some way. You're not going to get 100% acceptance from everybody on every issue, but the bottom line is that – they see him as their teammate first, and these kind of bonding exercises are interesting because it seems the way Michael Sam did the same thing when he came out to his teammate at the University of Missouri is that it's almost like you're sharing this secret and you're letting them in on the secret, and they appreciate that. They appreciate the honesty. Um, and in Scott's case, that that's exactly what it was. Yeah, I just you know it's it's funny, and you go on you go look at the comments. So it's it's interesting that we see over and over again all of this acceptance in football on on teams, and of course we know that not not everybody's going to be a hundred percent okay with this, 
But you know, people. They, but this is my point about the diversity. People aren't one hundred percent okay with anything that mm-hmm. that people, their teammates, do on on a football team. And yeah, all, all you want is somebody to say, "Okay, got it. I don't love that you're gay, but we're going to move on." Right? And that's just that's about the worst that we hear today. Fifteen, twenty years ago, it was different. But that's about just about the worst that we hear today. Is somebody saying, "Yeah, I don't love this, but let's just let's just go win some football games." It's not, you know, I'm kicking you off the team or, or you're losing your playing time. But where we do see issues is people outside of football, the fans, well, people going on and ESPN we see issues. story. Good. What's that? No, go ahead. You're saying I, I got something in my ear. I would just the, the, the people go on the ESPN story. Why do we have to talk about it? This isn't an issue. Who cares? Who cares? I don't care if he's gay. Just give me sco- uh, scores, scores and stats, scores and stats. That's all I want. Of course, that's not all they want. If the, if if they profile Kurt Warner and some some uh, Christian organization that he's supporting, they're in love with that story. Uh, but but we do see these fans g- behind their keyboards, tweeting away and commenting away of uh, stuff that isn't so nice and. Like to to my point earlier, the football team is a, is a lot more accepting of gay people than than just the average population. Yeah, I think the who cares is sort of a more covert form of homophobia today, and it's a way for them to sort of try to criticize it while not coming out directly against it. Because the reality is, the reason everybody cares is it's still not that common until we have. 20 guys in the NFL or pick a number in any sport, it's still going to be seen as something that's newsworthy. And, you know, people still have to declare themselves LGB or T, whereas a straight person, all they have to do is, you know, announce they have a girlfriend and everyone assumes they're heterosexual. I mean, Tom Brady has never said, I am a heterosexual. He never held a press conference to say, I'm a heterosexual, right? But we all knew it because Tom Brady married, you know, a supermodel yeah. to start out as a couple of kids. So he's saying, in essence, I'm a straight guy. But because it's the, it's, it's the overwhelming norm in society, you don't have to say it. But for a gay person, you have to declare it or else no one's going to know. And that's the difference of having to be publicly mm-hmm. coming out. Scott was out on his team all last year. So he was, he was an out player for his whole first team. But you know, until he tells ESPN, nobody knows about it. But I want to talk a bit about the ESPN story and how – I was actually kind of disappointed because I don't really know much about Scott <laughs> in reading that or seeing the the minute a 50 second clip they did on it. It's almost like he was born last year. I mean, he's from Kansas. I don't know if he's from a rural area. I don't know what his religious upbringing is. I think you said the one of his he's social from media pages, Lawrence. But, uh, I don't he's know from much. Lawrence, yeah. But I just don't know much about him as a person, and that's the one thing I would have liked to have seen is you know, what his family situation's like, you know, what his religious views are, maybe what his political views are, or what, you know, he's from a red state. What was that like to be gay there? Was it a lot of trauma, or did he sublimate that for a while? Or, God, I just found the story a little lacking in certain details that as as a reader, I just would have liked to have known a little, more, a little bit more about Scott the person, what his hobbies are, that kind of stuff, because that to me makes it for a good profile and gets me to sort of understand this this guy a little more. You know, we talk about there being kind of two elements of the 
these these things. One is the news and one is the story. And the news is athlete comes out as gay, accepted by his team, right? That's the news. The story is, well, what's the story behind it? How did he come out to his team? I guess we have a little bit of that. And who is this guy? And what were the struggles that he went through? And what's going on in his head? And, you know, did he ever consider suicide? And had he told anybody before the team? And <clears throat> the stories wasn't even really touched on. Like, we have absolutely no idea who, who this guy is. And, and so, you know, you're left looking around, like, as, as people do. You're going on the Kansas State website and going on Twitter and trying to piece together who this guy is. And certainly I... You know, ESPN's going to do what they do and how they do it, and they do it differently from the way OutSports does it. But, you know, one of the things that Howard Bragman told me years ago is when you tell a story of an athlete, you tell it well, you do it right, you do it once, and then everybody moves on because there's no more to tell. With, with this guy, there's the entire story to tell. So, you know, if I... I, I I think he probably maybe he wants to move on and just be an athlete, but there's still the story lingering out there that people are like, well, what's 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 the story behind this? And if if this was in uh, this was an attempt to try to, you know, stave off a bunch of media attention, I I I, I don't think it's going to work. I I think you get more media requests than you would have otherwise because the, the the story hasn't been told yet. Yeah, I think if if we were editing this story, we would have. You know, we would have said, we need a little bit more, Scott. We Like if he'd wrote a first person, or we need more background. Because what I always tell the athletes is, you know, let people know who you are. Let them know a bit about yourself. You know, have you ever had a boyfriend? Uh, people want to know little personal details on hobbies and stuff. And so that's the, the only thing missing from this story for me was kind of a little bit about who Scott is. And, again, for me, it's interesting that he's from Kansas. And, you know, the – it's interesting that the players that have come out, we have a guy from Arizona, we have a guy from Kansas. In college football, there's two from Illinois and one from Ohio. And you have the Midwest and you have a Sunbelt state. You don't have anybody from Los Angeles or New England or, you know, the Pacific Northwest that are considered the, you know, more gay-friendly parts of the country. And that, to me, in and of itself is just interesting, you know, that Michael Sam was from University of Missouri, we have Missouri and we yeah. have Kansas. You know, we had uh, the first Division One like, married tr- uh, athlete was from Oklahoma, Tanner Williams. You know, it's kind of interesting. All these right. first seem to be from these states th- that you would think would be more problematic than others. And when Scott said he told his, you know, little secret, and everyone just kind of said, wow, that's fantastic. Well, and and it, you're, you're kind of speaking to another reason to tell the story. You know, he's, he's said that he's doing this to, to help kids, but right now he hasn't helped anybody. I mean, he's come out, and that's great, and, and, and said that, that, said that uh, you know, I, I can't say he hasn't helped anybody. Of course, being out helps people, but right now there's no way to connect to him. I mean, you know, if you go to his, if you go to his Twitter feed, the, the main photo is a picture of Jesus carrying a cross, and he's clearly, he's clearly a Christian. That would have been a great thing to talk about in the piece, and it would have helped gay kids who are Christian connect to him and be inspired by him. It would have helped Christians maybe who don't understand gay people maybe maybe learn a little bit more. And it was just kind of an opportunity lost to connect with a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. 
because right now he's just he's just kind of a face on TV uh, whose name we know, but there's no there's just no depth to it. And it just I, again, I just feel like there was an opportunity missed to to help a lot more people with the story, and maybe he'll tell another story. I don't know. Maybe maybe they have another feature coming. I I, I really don't know. I don't know why they wouldn't have released that in the first place, but uh, but right now it's just kind of. Okay, he's a gay football player, and to me, it's kind of you know the people when people like the Ryan O'Callaghan story. You read that story, and I think it's tough to criticize it because we made sure it wasn't just about it wasn't just oh Ryan's gay. It's suicide and drugs and all these other things in his personal journey help you have empathy for him. For this guy, it kind of kind of reinforces all these people who say, well, why are you telling us this? Because all you're doing is saying I'm gay, and that's it. It's just just an odd way of handling it, and certainly not the way we would have. Well, we had one on the, the high school football player, and a little he sent his first version of the story, and, and buried in the story was, oh, yeah, at halftime of football games, I would put on makeup and dance with the drill team. And my first thought as an editor was, what? <laughs> That's your lead. That's, you know, you're in yeah. Texas for all, you know, rural Texas. And it made that story better and i know it's what got him more attention he's now going to be speaking as we said we had him on the podcast the nsa and boeing and i do think you know and i'm not blaming scott france for this because he wasn't the one making the editorial decisions but i just want to know more about him as a person i mean to come out as a sophomore in college was he probably 19 maybe maybe 20 yeah that's still pretty young and that's i really applaud that so, you know he wants to he wants to help other people so He's going to have a great opportunity. He's going to have a platform. I mean, he's going to be on TV every week. There are going to be interviews being done for him. And, you know, I hope he's able to sort of, what, however he wants to do the message, he doesn't have to be someone going around, you know, taking political stances and stuff, but he can just talk about, in essence, I am, you know, here I am, 6'5", 300 pounds, and I you know, grew up in red state Kansas, and I'm a Christian, and I'm gay, and I'm accepted. And I think that kind of message in places in the heartland would really kind of resonate with people that maybe it's possible for you to do the same thing, whether or not you're a football player or just someone who's struggling with their orientation in general, that if this guy could do it and get accepted, you can too. So I do think you want to sort of not make it sound like we're dumping on Scott himself, but I do want to know a little bit, you know, more about him and he's young and he, so he has a great opportunity to kind of affect change in whatever, whatever way he sees fit. Because his, his Twitter feed yeah. says he wants to make a difference, and I think yeah, he can. He, he said he wants to make a difference, and again, it just the way they handled the story, it just feels like it's going to be a lot more work for him to make a bigger difference. Like the way the way athletes make a difference by being athletes and sharing their story, not being activists, not showing up at fundraisers. That, that's a ter- that's a terrible way. And, and for him to connect now, he's going to have to tell a story again and tell it again and tell it again. And it just feels like, again, they, they, they could have just saved him a lot of time and energy just by telling his story once. And if there are parts of the story he didn't want included, then don't include it. But there are parts that certainly can help a lot of people. And it just is so – it's so odd why they I, – I, I just want to – I want to find out from somebody. Yes, I might. Have, maybe I'm just going to drop somebody line. Like, why did you guys handle it this way? I'm just so curious why you you, you didn't tell a story. Yeah, and it was, a, it was exclusive. And again, you're talking about there's only going to be two um, 
players in major college football who are out, and Scott's going to be one of them. And Kansas State is a, you know, Kansas State can win the national championship if everything broke right. I mean, that you know, any school in the Power Five can do that. So it is yeah, a bit well, of a mystery. Yeah, listen, it was, this guy is. I, I, Shows a lot of courage. He, I mean, he's gonna. He's, he's, he's just being out there. It's gonna do a lot of good. Generate a lot of conversation. Again, you, you know, a kid in high school right now who's gay can't say I don't have a role model who's gay in big time FBS football. He's got at, at, at least two now. So there's so much good. I just, I just feel like it's gonna be a lot more work to. For him to have a, the, as deep of an impact as he could have had if they just told the told the story. Well, I looked at the future schedules for Kansas State, and they do not play Arizona, which is Mike King Johnson's team. Right. While they're going to be, they, they don't play till 2024. I don't think they'll be <laughs> eligible by then. But that would have been kind of cool to have an openly gay defensive lineman being blocked by an openly gay offensive lineman. Well, there's but, still uh, I, and one of the things that you mentioned in the PC you read is, is this the, was this the tipping point? Is this the moment where the, not the floodgates are going to open, but you're just going to start to really see a stream of people. I mean, this year we've had, you had what, five football players come out, two of them in division one at major programs. Is this, is this the beginning? You had Ryan O'Callaghan, uh, a former NFL player come out. He's the first uh, current or former male pro sport athlete to come out in three years. I mean, is this, is this the tipping point, or is this just kind of another spurt like we've seen before? It real, and the the short answer is, you really don't know. I mean, you you had at least on the small college level, um, one of the players uh, inspired by another player. Another player came out in his conference, and he decided to come out. So maybe somebody in the Big Twelve will see um, Scott Francis' story and decide to come out. Um, I do I do think that. We're seeing there are going to be more athletes coming out in general. The the question is though for the mainstream media, it is the big you know the big kahunas are the pro sports, the four the big four male pro sports leagues, which have zero. Those are always going to get the most attention. Then the secondary though, you have major college football, major college basketball. We've had one major college basketball player, Derek Gordon, uh, a few years ago, and now we have two major college football players. But to predict that it's going to be the start of a trend. I think the trend is simply more people are going to be coming out over time, but whether or not we'll see if these people inspired, I, you know, the, the, the honest answer is who knows because we've had this before. Yeah, yeah, we we have seen it before, and certainly hope it continues. Obviously, if you're a if you're a college athlete, you want to <laughs> you want to tell your story in more than 350 words. Uh, let us know. <laughs> Do you want to tell it three hundred fifty words? I guess I guess ESPN's your place. No, and he was very well spoken on on the clip. And um, to me, I do think that's an interesting dynamic that the that these these whole team bonding things want to make people share stuff that they don't want. You know, they want other people to know. And it probably was a space that made it more likely he was going to be accepted because everyone else was sharing stuff that probably was very deep and personal to them. And so if they were to turn on a teammate who said they were gay, it would have really, the whole idea of team bonding would have been kind of destroyed. And so right. it's kind of fascinating that Bill Snyder said he brought, he brought an expert in to do that. And I thought, 
uh, that was kind of a clever way to get people to kind of reveal themselves because you feel that you're in this real totally safe comfort space when you're talking like yeah. that. And it's also pe- people, uh, I think one of the reasons that some gay people don't come out uh, to their teams is they just don't know how to do it or when to do it or what I'm going to do, pull my buddy aside and just say, hey, just so you know I'm gay. It just And, and this kind of gives them a reason to do it and an organic, natural way of doing it, which is nice. Yeah, that's a great point is that if these kind of exercises almost encourage that versus the other way is do I send a text to the whole team? Do I tell one guy, you know, it becomes a logistical problem that seems kind of weird to, you know, when do you say it? When's, but this is like the perfect time. It's like, and we've been to these kind of seminars and stuff where people share stuff because they open up because it feels welcoming. So maybe that'd be the start of a new trend to get this, to have uh, all these team bonding exercises. But there's going to be more on, uh, you know, more on Scott, more on Mike King Johnson, and we'll be following them this season. The cool thing is we'll get to watch them, we'll get to watch them play on on TV. They, all their games are televised someplace, and he um, curious to see how how the coverage is. But it's still wonderful that we have more people coming out. Um, but that's all the time we have for today. We will be back uh, next week. <laughs>